Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hi. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Just broke me there. Sounds and like horse. running the boards is Joey Dees. What's going on? <laughs> Apparently you're not as Scottish as your dad. Aye. No, boy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't do it. On today's show, we will talk movies and TV with Gareth. We'll talk more TV with BJ. Who? Uh, you. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search <laughs> BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, app, and iTunes. Yeah. Find us. Yeah. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Hope you're having fun playing video games, reading comic books, and doing everything within the safety of... Excuse me. Within the safety of your own home. Yeah. Because, I mean, at this point in time, everyone needs to uh, to hang out and keep inside, stay safe. So they're hanging out inside, not hanging yeah. in, really. Yeah, hanging in. Hanging in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, doing the fun stuff that you can within all of that. I know that if you go to our YouTube page, BJ is doing, uh, are they board game reviews? How are you going about with oh, this? Oh, I'm just doing more board game explanations, like here's how the game is played. Ah, okay. Uh, and it's for people that have like children as they're trying, at least the last one I did was like if you're homeschooling and you need something fun, but also something that's educational, and I talked about the game uh, Constellations, which oh, will yeah, teach you yeah, about yeah. the Constellations by Extronaut Games. And, uh, you know, just give you an overview of how the game was played. It was sort of like a very bad version of Watch It Played. <laughs> I've very, very bad version of Rodney. Rodney is so good at that, and I am the anti-Rodney. Well, I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere. you got to oh, put yeah. in your 10,000 hours of board oh, game uh, God, explanations, yeah. BJ. I'm going to start somewhere. I probably should end in that same place I started, but uh, we'll see if I get more, you know, how the time goes. I've got a lot more time on my hands. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking of games that would be helpful for, you know, for parents trying to play with their kids. Uh, so that's what I was thinking of, and well, that's a good one. And I mean, it's a good point, and we brought it up the last time when you talked about Constellations and stuff, when... Um, you're stuck at home with your children and you've got younger kids. Um, most of the places right now, school's over uh, for the entire year. So you've got to homeschool them. And maybe it's not sitting down and teaching them fractions just by showing them numbers. Because so, you don't know how to do fractions either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you know how to bake, that's a good way to go about that. When you go ahead and teach stuff via Constellations and the other board games like that, you can teach them about other stuff as well. Well, and it just brought back a memory of oh. if, you, if your kids do have a basic uh, understanding of math and all that, mm-hmm. uh, I just thought of Magic the Gathering because I remember Joey couldn't even read. Joey D's did not know how to read, but I still took him to pre-releases in Syracuse, New York. Uh, shout out to Elaine Chase, who now works for Wizards of the Coast, and yeah. she's awesome. But she ran those tournaments back then, and I, I said, Elaine... 
he he learns by memorization because he doesn't know how to completely read. But as soon as he knows what the card does, he will not forget what the card does. And she let him play, and we just had to work on his tact when he beat people. Uh, but <laughs> I may have sung the George of the Jungle theme song in people's face and yeah. danced around about a lot when yeah. I won. Really, I was yeah. eight or something. I don't yeah, know how old a, I was. He was, a, he was a very. I mean, I thought adorable, but other people who <laughs> lost to him thought annoying. Oh yeah, I could yeah. just imagine because as a person who frequently experiences nerd rage playing Magic the Gathering, to be defeated by a child singing his uh, his own praises after he's defeated you would kind of. Um, uh, I see. I I know mad. when Joe like gloats. <laughs> it's real annoying, but I can't imagine little like kid Joe. Oh, yeah. That's even more annoying. Was annoying. I was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I, was there. I loved it. I was like, yeah, just like his pops. Driving people crazy. It's not even like, yeah, I win. It's I win and I'm better than you. Oh, yeah. yeah. George, George. He actually George, said that George. to somebody. <laughs> he actually said, somebody said to him, because we were in a conversation <laughs> and, and, and I'm watching this and he goes, you know what? You should be more nice when you win and not hurt people's feelings. And he said, well, if you don't want your feelings to get hurt, maybe you should learn how to win. Oh, <laughs> and I, I mean, I laughed my ass off because I thought, well, he's right. Uh, I mean, uh, but of yeah. course, I also said he's not my kid. <laughs> That's fantastic. I was adopted. You can learn. So, I mean, so mm-hmm. critical thinking when learning how to play games. You don't necessarily have to teach them anything, except they will learn some cool stuff. Like with magic, you learn math. You learn how to think ahead. You learn memorization. You learn puzzling as you go. Even- oh, this does this with this and this and this. Magic helped me a lot, uh, not with the nerd rage because that didn't, but uh, in the same turn as chess did was thinking three steps ahead and it helps me in my real life just in the simple fact that like uh, when driving uh, as an example, when you're driving down the road, you need to pay attention to everybody and just imagine that they're going to be doing the worst thing possible. Dude, that's the first thing I realized when I was younger is if you're not a gamer growing up, you don't have that natural affinity to just pay attention to everything. So when you're, I was like, how are people so bad at driving? Like you just look at all the three directions and right. then you go. And they're like, well, what about this happens? And I'm like, think three steps ahead. Yeah. Like if this person is going to suddenly change lanes in front of you, what are you going to do? And it's just having a plan for all of these things. And that's one of the things that drives me so nuts when people are like distracted when they're driving. I'm like, you're driving this gigantic thing and you should probably be a little bit safer, pay attention, and think those couple of steps ahead. And boy, so that's what gaming can do. It can turn you into a better driver. Mm-hmm. It can turn you into a rage person. It can turn you into a small <laughs> child who's tactless. <laughs> and and to be perfectly honest, uh, I would love to propose if I became president. Oh, here we go. I would say that nobody would be allowed to get their driver's license unless they beat the Super Mario Kart for the uh, Super Nintendo oh, Rainbow boy. Road. Oh, I would never have had a license. <laughs> it will teach you how to drive and stay in your damn lane. I because if vote. you don't, you fall off. I can't vote for you. <laughs> All right, then. Well, yeah, my platform probably won't go very far. But Short-lived. Yeah, who knows? Uh, let's talk some movie news and really, really focusing on Disney Plus and Disney and how they're dealing with all this. We got Gareth Von Kallenbach joining us. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review, that is SKNR.net, a great resource to find out information about video games, tech gear, all sorts of amazing stuff, and we've talked 
talk cinema in the past and just having to deal with the uncertainty of what's going to be happening going to films has really seemed to affected everybody, including the big boys like Disney, who uh, who are pushing back movies and then also uh, just maybe just putting them right onto Disney Plus, right? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, dilemma for them because they've been rolling out Disney Plus in Europe and India with huge population. They announced the other day that they have over 50 million subscribers worldwide since they launched. And when you consider that's not even in many markets at this point still, uh, that's impressive. And with that came last week Artemis Fowl. They're uh, originally delayed and then rescheduled for this summer film is going to just go straight to that. And, of mm. course... The other day, um, they put out this whole itinerary of their Marvel lineup and some of their other films, and it's like um, it's like musical chairs, essentially. <laughs> Black Widow was due for May, and it's been pushed to November of this year. Eternals was going to be in that slot, and now that's February of next year. And, of course, there's a trickle-down effect. The stuff that was due in February gets pushed back. You know, the sequel to Doctor Strange is now November of next year. Thor Love and Thunder has been pushed back to 2022, as is Captain Marvel 2. And then you have the Black Panther sequel. Um, That's looking at late 2022 or 2023. And now we're hearing words like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus has been pushed back. Some of the Marvel stuff has been pushed back. And then, oddly enough, though, the the two that I find really interesting is that Mulan, which was due out in um, just a few weeks before the lockdown, uh, started kicking off is now due for July 24th, but yet the Jungle Cruise, which was originally due last year and pushed to this year, has now been pushed back a full year to July of next year. Wow. And that is really mind-blowing when you consider that'll be about three years since they filmed it. And The Rock apparently is really behind this decision because he doesn't think it's appropriate to put it out right now. But, you know, I know at the biannual D23 Expo, it's not unusual for them to push off uh, to promote shows that are still a year and a half, two years away. They went all in on this. They had him out there in a mock-up of the Jungle Cruise traction boats, rolled him out on stage, did a big deal. And this is one of those things where you look at and say, why wouldn't you try to put it out later this year unless they just feel that you know a summer, it's a summer adventure film? And then you get these cryptic things from Bob Iger who the other day, the president of Disney, who um, came out and said, we essentially may have more content coming to Disney Plus uh, fast soon. And, you know, we've already seen Onward jump out really quick. And now the Simpsons short that was uh, opening with it, they've said, okay, that's coming out this weekend. Now, officially, there's nothing other than Artemis Fowl. And everyone's saying, okay, but... How many of these things on the list could all of a sudden just, they could just say, forget it, we're going straight to uh, video with it. And that seems kind of along those lines as this is a test to see, uh, you know, the test pancake to see if this is going to be something viable, if a lot of people are going to watch it and go out there because you're losing the cinema uh, the money from that, and people have already paid for Disney Plus, or they're only getting a monthly fee. So it just seems like uh, not the best financial decision. But everything at this point is kind of not a best financial decision if you look across the gamut of everything. 
Yeah, it's insane because I had people, we've talked about this, who are saying to me, well, theaters are dead, streaming's a wave of the future and all that, but we got a video from CinemaCon that was supposed to be shown at the event this year before it was canceled, and it was kind of one of those, you can watch it, but you can't uh, put it up or post it or anything like that, and it was essentially a... 12-minute sizzle reel of some of the best films from last year. And then at the end of it, they started, you know, spitting out the numbers for, like, the U.S. box office, worldwide box office. Just every one of them were pretty much records. So, you know, people are still going to the movies in record number. And that was, I mean, let's face it, there were a ton of streaming options last year, and people still went to the theater in record numbers, and they saw record box office. So that's definitely got to be playing into the argument of, oh, let's just put it on streaming because, you know, there you go. You don't know when people are, (laughs) these things are going to reopen and you don't know when people are going to start feeling comfortable enough to start going back and in mass again to the theaters. Absolutely. And that's one of those things, like I just saw a, uh, recently they did a whole uh, Twitter thread a guy did with just all the reactions to Avengers Endgame. Like when you see stuff like Captain America wielding Mjolnir for the first time and all of that, and you hear that crowd reaction and cheering, and that is what got me stoked for it, you know? Like just being able to be in a room with like-minded individuals, having a good time, and getting that the community reactions to comedies, to horrors, to those movies that you love and it sucks that this is a thing now but also it's our new reality for the time being we got to keep away from one another just because we don't want to get everybody sick exactly and that's just it's terrible but that's the way it is unfortunately and this even moves into other stuff in terms of like television there's television shows now that are on the bubble um because Either they don't know where to go or like something like BJ mentioned with The Walking Dead, they couldn't finish the last episode of the season. And this can affect stuff just kind of like the writer's strike did back in the uh, mid-2000s. Exactly. Now, I don't have anything solid on this. This is just speculation based mm-hmm. on you know how I know the industry works. But, for example, this weekend we're supposed to be having WonderCon, and this was the first of the big um, conventions where you would see some new television shows and some returning shows. And that's been growing in recent years. AMC, as you mentioned, and the walking dead have had a big presence there. And this is put on by the same folks who do San Diego comic-con. Now, officially they're still proceeding as if it's going to happen, but I've been hearing rumors that, you know, they, for, for various contractual reasons, they have to wait until the absolute last moment before they can make a decision or not. So my thought on it is, let's say um, you have a show, and I'm not saying this one's on the bubble, but just for the sake of argument, mm-hmm. let's use Stumped, Stumptown. All right. And it's sitting there, and there's been no decision yet whether they renew it for season two or if they call it quits, and that's it. Now, of course, we know these days, then that means the uh, streaming services jump in and have a feeding frenzy. My thought behind it is the writers can still write even though they're in isolation and so on and so forth, you can do the video conferences. Yep. But are you going to see shows that might be on the bubble renewed for the simple fact that it's a lot easier to bring out uh, existing shows Uh. than bring out something new where you don't have the things like San Diego Comic-Con potentially or WonderCon or various shows like that to push them? These are shows that come out uh, in traditionally... September, October, so on and so forth. 
And they rely on those things like WonderCon now, like Comic-Con now. I mean, most people had never heard of Stumptown or Emergence until they had that panel at Comic-Con last July. And, you know, on, on Emergence alone, they dropped the premiere episode and said, here it is. And, wow, you know, yeah. y- you're basically asking people to say, all right, we're going to start filming these shows, casting them. Okay, sure, that can be done remotely, the, the casting and so on and so forth. But you're going to be asked to put these shows into production, roll them out there with nothing really to promote them other than press releases, web trailers, and so on and so forth. And it might be easier for the studios to say, at least people know who this is, kind of like the argument of sequels. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't do as better as the one before it, but people at least know what it is and what they're expecting, so we don't have to spend as much money promoting it, trying to educate the population as to what it's about. And, you know, you're, you're right. It's crazy. Like, for example, Superstore, which is a popular show. It's a pretty funny show. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. They're losing one of the main characters. Now, this is by choice. They asked to be off the show. Mm-hmm. Well, it came out like The Walking Dead. They had not finished filming the final episode. And so they basically said, forget it. We're just going to use the second to last episode as the season finale and go from there. And my thought is, yeah, but wouldn't the final episode be either A, where this character walks away, or B, the aftermath of that character walking away? So now you have to either you know, play that game of uh, trying to get them all together and making the new season premiere that episode, (laughs) or you have to throw in some disposable line like, oh, so-and-so's gone. Well, yeah, and, you know, we're three months later, and this is what happens. So it's going to be a real uh, crazy time, because honestly, I have not seen very much of anything that has had its renewal, um, that was up for renewal, that they hadn't already early renewed, hasn't come through. I mean, I'm still waiting on the rookie. Um, mm, you know, we've wow, got yeah. stump town, uh, tons of stuff. I mean, like, you know, off the top of our head, the only new stuff that we really know, uh, in the pop culture world, we knew Picard's getting a second season. They announced that beforehand that we knew, totally. uh, discovery had already had a season four and season five plan, but you know, mainstream network stuff. Yeah. It's pretty thin right now because you know, the other thing too, is there are these, uh, events they have that are essentially for the TV insiders where they come out and they meet with the advertisers and they show off, you know, this is what we've got coming and so on and so forth. And then that stuff starts trickling out to the media um, as well. And you're not seeing any of those, um, you know, the t- traditional thing where the networks come out and they announce their lineup for the next year. You're not seeing that unless they decide to do it uh, virtually. And, you know, it's crazy. That is absolutely nuts. And I mean, we just don't know yet. And I know that you're going to keep the finger on the pulse and put out that news. And we'll talk with you every week. But if people don't want to wait for us, they can hit SKNR.net to get all the skewed and reviewed information. Gareth, thank you so much for uh, keeping up tabs on all of this. No problem. Take care, guys. Thank you so much, Gareth. And Gareth's not the only one on this show watching television. Oh, wait a minute. Really? Yeah. Uh, I've been watching a lot of non-geeky stuff. <laughs> um, and it's uh, uh, nature documentaries because the cat loves them. And then... he this, the, No he, comment. Dan McCarl Get in the House was enamored with The Lion King. The newer one, right? The newer one, yes. And then also he really did love the Nat Geo stuff that we have uh, that we've been streaming. So you got to make sure and everyone in the household gets to watch the shows that they want to watch. Uh, again, that's a cat. But anyway, 
But BJ, you've yes. been watching some geeky things. Uh, what have you? Uh, what have you been uh, keeping up on? I think I'm the only one that's really caught up on Westworld. Correct? Yeah, uh, I haven't yeah. seen the last episode. Yeah, it was a great episode because we got to see uh, a very familiar character come back, and that would be William. Uh, we haven't seen him for quite some time. Wow, and it's weird because I keep thinking as William of, as the young guy, but we eventually found out. Yeah, exactly. The man in black is yep. William, uh, and you know what? Uh, we, <laughs> mm. I'm telling you. We don't know what his story is. They have alluded to so many different things. Is he real? Is he a robot? You know, and this episode did not help us understand. Um, (laughs) Again, I think they're very cheeky with this because, you know, what time jumps like a mo in seasons one and two. Absolutely. So you don't know when is when or or now is never or, you know, and. (laughs) Watch this is like the perfect linear timeline, but you keep thinking like, wait. <laughs> I don't believe you. Maybe it's not. But uh, <laughs> Evan Rachel Wood is continually just continuing to knock it out of the park. Her Dolores is insane. We did find out something that I will not spoil for everybody, Ooh. and even for Vicky, uh, because she hasn't seen the episode. But um, yeah, this was a mind blower, a very big mind blower as to what Dolores has done. Let's just say that Dolores has done something that we didn't realize is what she done, which is now really making a lot more scenes make sense from the first three episodes already. Now, this is one of those interesting things with Westworld is that you're a lot of the times things are very convoluted until they're presented straight to you on this, and then you want to go back and look at that. Now that you've been a couple of episodes in, do you feel like you want to go back and watch those ones right now because of this plot point? And that would be fun to do just because you get to see... Uh, let's just say how people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of those things you go, oh, uh, you know, I went back and I watched Star Trek Picard because now that I knew what was happening, yeah. I wanted to watch the actors and see if they were trying to give me information that, in fact, more was going on that I would find out later. And in fact, you know, it's fun to do that and go, oh, yeah, yeah okay, that response was way over the top and I remember that and now I know why. It's one of the one of my favorite things to do with uh, any sort of mind F shows or movies. Like, I I remember doing it back with Fight Club um, when you get the reveal on that and you're like, oh, I want to go back and I want to watch everybody's little interaction because now I know what's going on. Yeah. And it's always kind of exciting. And I mean, we've got time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% agree. And so, yeah, well, Westworld's good. It's really, really good. And um, they're in the real world now, uh, which yeah. is really fun. And uh, some, and also some familiar people show up. Uh, a familiar character from season two shows up. Nice. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, and then. In, in episode four, but it's good. Um, and then quickly, uh, a couple other shows you've been watching? Well, TWD had their... Last episode that's not their last episode. So this was technically the penultimate episode, right? Right, Exactly, The Walking Mm -hmm. Dead. But it's Mm going to be the one that we're going to get for quite some time. Uh, And uh, it was... Does it answer anything? Well, we got to meet Princess. That was the key. Oh. This this really was an episode about Princess, who was a beloved character from the comic books. Oh, I had no idea. I hadn't read about Princess. Yeah, Princess. Interesting. People people have been waiting for Princess's arrival the way people waited for Michonne. Really? They were people like, God, when they heard that Princess was going to be in it. And uh, my God, she is. And I have I know nothing about Princess from the comic books, but what I will tell you is that in this zombie universe, we have seen so many different ways that these zombies have interacted. This was a brand new way that we saw the zombies. And I won't spoil it for you because I know some of you may want to watch it. But let me just say, 
princess has presented us zombies in a completely different way than we have ever seen in this show. What? And it was rather hysterical. Really? Yes. And also, Princess's whole way she bees is just fantastic. And uh, I really, really, um, uh, I want to give, I believe it's Paolo Lazaro. I hope I'm saying her name right. P-A-O-L-A. Is that Paolo, would you say, Vicky? Yeah. Yeah, It sounds like, yeah. Yeah. She is terrific. And uh, she's received nothing but love. Yeah. yeah, Paola. She is terrific as as princess. Um, because and she was so nervous. She said, "You know, I really wanted to be true to what this character was." And my God, you instantly fall in love with her. You really and you don't know what to make of her because they run across her, and you know it's a new person, and she tells her story, but you don't know if you believe her story. But I mean, she's wearing this fuzzy, beautiful pink thing. I'm just Google image searching because I don't want any spoilers, but I'm just looking at that. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, she's, so wow. She's, she's so out of contrast for this non, this drab, colorless <laughs> universe of The Walking Dead. She looks adorable. Oh, she's amazing. And uh, so, really, this episode was about her. And she was terrific, and I hope she stays around for a long time. She's uh, she's become instantly one of my fav- my favorite character. Damn it, this might actually be something that gets me back into oh, it. I got to, I got to the princess episode, dude. And I don't know if we see some of the things that she's done in the last episode or this current episode. But the I, I mean, you're just like, <laughs> what the hell is going on when you all of a sudden see these zombies and the way they be? You're like, you don't know. You're like, are is this what? You don't know what to make of whomever did this. And then there's Princess, and you're like, okay, what is going on here? And then Princess doing what she's done during the whole episode is just so much fun. And also kind of deep in the way she bees in this universe. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was done really well. And yeah, it's the last episode we're going to get for a while for The Walking Dead. And we'll figure out how that goes as we get on from beyond that. And uh, Vagrant Queen Episode 2 was better than Episode 1. I'm glad I give shows credit. It's a brand new sci-fi show, mm-hmm. um, which is just basically, you got your your, your team of uh, wanderers trying to go, go through the galaxy, trying to do something but not get caught <laughs> and then running across a lot of uh, misadventures as it happens. And uh, Episode 2 was fun. So you're still down for for it at this oh, point yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah. Right episode on. two was it was fun. Uh, and uh, we'll talk more about Vagrant Queen later after mm-hmm. a few more episodes get thrown at us. Nice. And now it's time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on in the world of movies? I mean, we just heard from Gareth about how everything's being pushed back, but there's yeah. still got to be some stuff, right? Well... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, first I'm going to do what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, just kind of giving you what's the popular movies oh, okay. that for streaming, because yep. that's what we're all doing right now, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously have Trolls World Tour up high on the list. It was supposed to be a theatrical release, but because everything going on, they released this for the children's at home. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, this is definitely for the kiddos. And uh, my my poor cousin, she's probably watching this a million times because of her three daughters. And these are just like the little, are they the about the troll dolls? Or Yeah, they, they, okay. they look a little different. They're more cartoony. I've seen the first one bits and pieces because, again, nieces. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun. There's a lot of singing, dancing. Anna Kendrick does the voice of the main character uh, along with, I believe, Justin Timberlake uh, as oh, like her partner. Yeah. yeah. As Poppy and Branch. Uh, but it's just like a fun movie. The second one came out where there's different trolls that sing different styles of music and the rock troll. I just saw looks a picture like of that bad one. Guy. Yeah. Uh, but that is getting 79%. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Like, again, for the kids, I mean, kids are going to love it. Bright, colorful stuff, trolls. Sure, why not? Right? Songs. It's going to keep them out of your hair for a little while. <laughs> so why not? Yeah, right. Uh, another one that's uh, 
streaming, which I didn't realize this was uh, as popular as it was. Ip Man f- uh, for the finale. Oh, yes. Ip Man is a uh, martial arts uh, movie. Oh. Um, yeah. And so I think, BJ, you and your wife would really enjoy this. Ip pr- Man, eh? IP. Yep. Ip Man. Ooh. Which I believe uh, it's Donnie Yen. And I, mm-hmm. I believe, wasn't he in uh, Rogue One? Or am I confusing him with somebody? He, I believe so. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he was in Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Yep. And he was, uh, you know, I'm one with the force. The force is with me. Oh, that dude. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. He is fantastic. Uh, these are just super popular movies. It's 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, Ooh. an audience score of 95. So if you like those kind of kung fu type, and oh, I, yeah. it might not even be kung fu. I get them all confused, so I apologize in advance. Um, but if you <laughs> like that style of fighting movie, he does a really, really great job. Nice. Um, so I consider that nerdy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I guess uh, the only other, yeah, there's not a whole lot in the nerdy world unless you count musicals, like ones that BJ hates, Le- <laughs> Les Mis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Hey, everyone loves Les Mis, and there's definitely theater geeks out there. So, BJ, as a geek, I think that you should uh, go nope. out there and experience Les Mis. Nope. No. All right. No, 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 nobody. <laughs> nobody great nope. attempt. Nope, nope. I'll try. Uh, but apparently, good news. I think I talked about this recently. Where uh, Birds of Prey, I, I think, was the only one who's seen it so far. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but now it's available to rent for much, much cheaper. Uh, oh, that's good. And you can stay home. Right. Wait, wait, wait. So it's actually cheaper than it was? Yeah. So two weeks after arriving on home video, Birds of Prey has severely dropped its rental price and the move is already paying off. Really? Yep. Weren't they so, trying to like get really what it would be to cost to go to a movie was originally why they did with some yeah, of these? That's yeah. what a lot of them are. Yeah. Usually it's about 20 bucks, between somewhere yeah. between 15 and 20 bucks. And I mean, if you've got you and another person in your household. It's a good deal. Yeah. It pays for itself at that point. Yep. Yeah, so this one was originally debuting at 19 99 and they did the price cut to rent for 5.99. Oh, 6 yeah. bucks? Yeah. That sounds like it's a worthwhile movie for me and well, you enjoyed yeah. it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, cuz 19.99 is usually what it would cost to buy it. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you and, were going to get it on the old DVD or something. This is a good way to just rent it, check it out if you like it and you want it on the DVDs. <laughs> yeah, the DVD. It's that new technology those kids are talking <laughs> about. Fancy discs. Uh but yeah, it, it had a really great soundtrack uh you meet the love of her life, which is a delicious egg sandwich. <laughs> what? Spoilers. You, you have never. Well, okay, it's you, Harley Quinn. Yes. You have never, like, I have never <laughs> wanted an egg sandwich more in my life. Really? The way they filmed it. It was so funny. It's fun. It's it's just all around. All right. You sold me. You're going to have to watch have it. To it. <laughs> going to have to buy it. Going to have to buy it. You're right. Rent it. Check it out and see how it is. I mean. And that way, if you don't like it, you only spent $5.99. Exactly. And I mean, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, what else am I doing? Playing video games. Yep. Might as well spend a little bit of time watching a movie. And I think your wife's going to like this one. Really? Yeah, it's nice. fun. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.